0: Block Talk Radio.
1: to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess Cynthia and here at Mama's Pearls we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. I am very happy for those who are tuning in uh, live today because we are doing the show at a special time. We had um, a little bit of technical difficulties on the first anticipated airing of the show, which was supposed to happen on Wednesday. Basically, there was like a monsoon here in New York, and I lost power um, right before the show, and then I was trying to figure things out. And so if you want to hear that live recap, which is rather hysterical, you know, please feel free to go back onto the archives at blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls and pull up The Power of One plus One. So this is officially The Power of One. Plus one, take two. So I'm really excited today. Um, I've been looking forward all week to speaking with our special guest. And um, usually, we'll, we on our shows, we usually do a recap of last week's show, but we kind of did that on Wednesday. So feel free to tune in again to, to that show to hear the recap of last week's show, which was G-Thanks and talking about Thanksgiving. We're now... Fully underway in the holiday season, we are um, tonight is our third night of Hanukkah for those who celebrate it. Wishing you lots of lots of light and love, and very happy Hanukkah. Um, and I just like getting into the the holiday season brings up so many issues for a lot of people, um, and it is a time for family celebrations and for friends. And I was talking to somebody last night who's um, who's used to kind of being alone on the holidays and her family's kind of scattered all over the place and, um, you know, so she doesn't get to see them. And we were talking about how when she gets invited to her friend's house and she accepts and she goes, it's wonderful and she's really grateful to have those extended invitations. and um, Just a side note and reminder of M's Gem's gem last week was to think about people who you may know who are alone during the holidays and reach out to them. Um, but she was saying, you know, sitting there with friends is not the same as sitting there with family. And I was thinking about that in connection with today's show about our um, our definition of family and what that really means and who you bring and sit around the table sometimes people would say that doing the holidays with the with friends might be the preferred method rather than sitting down with your family that it's just too tough and there's too many entanglements and conflicts and that kind of stuff and there's too much pressure around the holiday season to make it more more than it is, and um you know, and just from from certain dysfunctional not so fun relationships that people avoid the holidays or they go into it with a sense of dread, and you know it's just something that you have to kind of burrow through, and the kids are off, and you get just too overwhelmed that it's too much, and it takes us out of our ordinary routine, so I on the other hand thrive on the holiday season and I thrive in knowing that we're going to be having our annual holiday um, party this Sunday at my cousin's house and that we're going to be spending time with my my, my parents and my family um, and that the kids are going to be off and I'm going to actually have a week with them home and out of our normal routine and quite frankly that we'll be able to get to sleep late. For me, there's... <laughs> For me, that's the true magic of Christmas, well, not Christmas Day, but of the holiday season when the kids are off and you can sleep late and I don't have to worry about waking them up early, especially my son and getting him on a bus in the morning. So I revel in the holiday season, yes. I definitely get overwhelmed by the myriad of shopping choices um, that are out there, and that there's such a consumeristic view and push in this culture to just go out and buy, 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 buy. On the other hand, it is good for the it is good for the economy, and by that, by extension, is your fellow neighbors and your family by being able to to support um, and keep the the chains the. The wheels going on our little engine here, um but you know taking a time to take a deeper look at what this all means, and we'll be doing a couple of more holiday shows, obviously this month of December um on Mama's pearls but Bringing it back to the meaning of family and what are the values in your family. One of the things that I love from our sponsored Mama's Pearls, which is the Little Pim Co., is that, and we've had her on, we've had the founder and creator. Um Julia Pimler Levine on the show, talking about her generational legacy between her father, who was a renowned language professor, and her now carrying on his, basically his family legacy and starting and doing a um, foreign language DVD series and CD series for children. So that's an alternative gift idea that's kind of outside the norm and is still educational. And one of the things that I've been doing, um, and you can go and see Little Pim Co. on their website, which is www.littlepim.com. We do have a special Mama's Pearls promotion, which is Pim Pearls, P-I-M-P-E-A-R-L-S. However, she's doing much bigger discounts than the... Than the 15% discount with that promo code, so please, by all means, take advantage of her of her larger 45% discounts because that's also part of the fun of the holiday season is getting all the sales. Um, but you know, figuring out what your own family values are, and and Julia's family, in her case, it's basically the power of language and the power of diversity, and incorporating those values. Each family structure has a, their own different. Um, dynamics and values, and when I was thinking about this week's vlog and the topic um, and our special guest, who again can't wait to meet. I'm just like building, building, building up this excitement to bring on to bring on Stacy, <laughs> Stacy and she's been such a such a truly good sport. Um, but the pearl of the week this week is Modern Family redo, because as we're going on in society. You know, societal structures are based around a husband, a wife, two kids, primarily a boy and a girl, a dog, even though I have a cat, and, you know, a yard for the wife to pick a fence. That is the traditional picture of the modern family. So when you think of the holiday times you picture that family together, um, whether it's by the menorah or whether they're celebrating Kwanzaa or whatever they're celebrating or behind their trees with their Christmas lights you know, at the, at the table with their Thanksgiving feast with their brothers and the sisters and their families that look the same way. What happens when you set out on your course to create a different family structure? What if your family structure that you have in mind from the beginning doesn't incorporate all of the elements? Specifically, what if you are a mother and you want to have a child, but you don't necessarily want to have a husband or a partner or a, a father who is involved in the day-to-day? It's not an easy road to go on, but it is a road, You know, thankfully now, with the help of modern technology and reproductive technologies and adoption and surrogate mother and in vitro fertilization, you can do that. It is now a viable option for for many many moms out there, or many many mom want to be moms out there, um, and it's really kind of shifting the perceptions of family and family values. And of course, you know, once you throw out the term family values, you get a whole hard. Hardcore element of our population and our culture, which just can't can't stand the face of change, can't stand the the idea that the family picture is something different. So, you know, when you kind of embark on the path to go down that road of a single being a single mom, it's a whole different ballgame and it's a whole different equation. And you're kind of really undoing a lot of societal norms and notions. Every single day and kind of facing the battle of not just whether or not you're going to be able to take care of your child and provide for your child on your own, but also this kind of counterfront of um, of onlookers and society kind of just stacking the cards against you now granted there are what I've learned from this week there are a lot of grants and different um, different organizations out there and and government support that are that are made available to single moms and single parents you know because obviously this is not just about a single mom but it's a dad or a wannabe dad can also embark the same way and go about adoption and um and working with the surrogate mother to have a have a child i don't know how um you know I, I didn't research and I'm gonna ask Stacy when she when she does come on, stay tuned, she's coming, I promise. Um, that, you know, if they favor moms more than dad, which seems very, very archaic in itself. Um, however, when you as you as a woman decide to do that, um and decide to have a child without a husband, like I said, it's just it opens up a whole new a whole new world and I always love and one of the things I, I love about um doing Mama's Pearls and diving into these topics is learning about these worlds that um that I really don't know about and just seeing how how far the depths go. And um what I love about Stacey is that, you know, basically Her thing is, is like single motherhood, especially via a brief encounter with a syringe, wasn't part of the plan, but she's really living living the dream. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce everybody. To Miss Stacey Mclashhen, who has written a wonderful book that I've been enjoying reading all week and have been <clears throat> excuse me seriously it's not just for anybody who wants to be a single mom, it's anybody who is a mom or a woman that can really relate to it and she writes it in such a relatable, hysterical and rather efficient way, I must say um, and it's, not, it's no surprise when I was reading her bio that I learned that she was a, was a, was a reporter and she earned her B.A. in English Literature and Communications from the University of Michigan, which is also my husband's alma mater, and and an M.A. in Journalism from the University of Maryland before she became a newspaper reporter and an editor for the New Orleans Times. And then she earned a Master of Social Work from the University of Denver and began her current career as um, a clinical a clinical social worker specializing in therapy with struggling teens and their families. So, again, her book, Just You and Me, Kid, can be found on Amazon.com, and I'm extremely, extremely honored and happy to welcome Stacey McGlashan. Stacey, are you with us? I am. Finally! Hey. <laughs> <Yay. laughs> Hello, and has an official welcome to the
0: Mama's Pearls community. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you survived all I've of your technical difficulties and came oh through my that. Oh gosh.
1: <laughs> well, it was it was really it was so funny. You were such a good sport about it and like right there for the like for the five minutes where I was did have power and was able to call you and I am right. expecting Melissa also to call in today too because she really took over um and yeah. kind of saved and gave some more substance to the show last week. But, you know, what was so funny about it is that like I got so badass after reading your book because it really <laughs> truly helped empower women about like, hey, I don't need a man. I don't need a husband. Right. My husband, which I was saying on air, which everybody can listen to, um, and he's always like, well, why don't you erase those things, like, when I <laughs> totally mess up and fumble on air? I'm like, because I think it's funny, and it's real, right. and that's just right. how I am. Um, yep. But, you know, I'm thinking, like, I don't need a man. I don't need a ha- need a husband. Boom, the power goes out. Everything, right. like, turns up and down. His computer's beeping, and I don't know how to how to right. turn it off. So, you know, I think one of the, the main questions that that I have, and I think that, like, you know, every every wife or every person in a relationship, whether on the man side or on the female side, but I will obviously speak speak on behalf of all mothers and all women, when I say like sometimes you just want to kick the guy to the curb and you feel like you can do everything yourself and you start saying, Okay, well what what would that what does that husband man role fill? You know, and what is it for you like that you see either now that you have to fill or is Absent, or do you, you know, or do you not even feel it because you're just so used to living the life as,
0: of as a single mom? Right. Well, in a lot of ways, I think it is more of the the partner stuff and just the you know having a, a man around the house to take care of the crisis my washing machine broke several weeks ago and i thought you know this is just great i don't want to deal with this i wish there was somebody else here who could you know have a little more technical knowledge you know i was climbing up on top of my washing machine and i'm not really strong enough to pull the washing machine away from the wall to really figure out what was going on and so at that point in time i was definitely thinking this would be fabulous to have somebody here who can handle this instead of me um, but right. i've been really spoiled as well because i have a father who is about the handiest handyman on the planet and can take care of anything anytime Even over the phone, you know, even when I didn't live geographically close to him, I would call him and say my toilet's doing blah, blah, blah and he would just say, well, get out the wrench and you know, take take this washer off, turn the water off do this, do that, and so I'd be like, okay you know, so he has definitely been a wonderful teacher of um, self-sufficiency, but also has been the person that I call he lives, <laughs> you know, maybe an hour away at this point and unless it's something that has to be dealt with in the next five minutes, he's my go-to guy and so I'm very spoiled in that way as far as a lot of that goes Um so, yeah, you know, I've never really had, I've had significant relationships. Most of my relationships have been long distance, um, which probably is not coincidental. Um, so I'm not used to that day-to-day partnership, that day-to-day reliance on somebody there sort of running the household with you. Um, so I, for me, it's right. just the norm that you take care of everything on your own. You know, you take out the trash, you make the dinner, you clean the house, you know, although, again, I have to give my mom a lot of the, the kudos on keeping my house in um, any kind of decent shape now that I have a child. Um but, uh, you know, i just, that's the norm for me is just to, to take care of the things myself. So, um, and I mean, and of course, from a parenting position, I've never had a co, you know, I've never parented with somebody. So. I certainly know what it looks like to have two parents as I was raised in a two-parent household and, you know, adore both of my parents and definitely feel there were significant contributions from my dad. Um, And again, I feel like my son and I are blessed that my parents live as close as they do. And so it's not the same as having a dad, but he has a grandfather who participates in a very active way in his life. And so I think in a lot of ways, you know, fills a lot of that void for him, um, and it is funny when I watch how my son will sometimes respond differently to my father than he would to me or to my mother and I think some of it's just that <clears throat> excuse me that I'm male energy and that male interaction and there's just something about that you know as loving as my dad is there's sort of a no nonsense no you know I'm not taking any of this right. from you you're just going to do it and it's done and my son will do it you know and I can try to emulate that same attitude and it's just like yeah that's that's not happening so um it's very interesting to see but for me, it's you know well, it is hard to know what's missing 'cause i've never it's never been there for me right right you 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 know right, you
1: don't know, but it's like right. you know even right. even that in and of itself is kind of like you know part of the father figure is the is you know stereotypically and traditionally, right. and I'm gonna use a lot of stereotypes family <laughs> family branded stereotypes today right um but is like having that authoritative disciplinarian role. Right. Um, right. as well as, you know, the fact that you have a son, like, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, I'm like, all right, so who's going to have the penis talk with him? Right. <laughs> Excuse right. Excuse me. Who's yeah. Still getting right. over the super cold, but who's going to have the penis talk with him? Right. You know, right. like it's easier yeah. when you have someone who has one and can compare right. notes, right? Exactly. Than, yeah. like, right. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, like, like that yeah. kind of thing. And, um, you know, which for me is like, okay, you know, you you can have it, but it, there is something different about having that father-son or even father-daughter or mommy-daughter, mo- you know, mommy-son bond, sure. Um, sure. you know, but do you feel like, you know, how is your son, does he know, like he doesn't know any different either but he kind of does from seeing like other people with it so right and
0: he just he just turned two so he's still kind of young to really get that whole thing but you know i try even now to sort of what's interesting is i very rarely have experiences where um you know, I have to say something or I have to wonder whether I should say something. And, you because know, most of the people that we're around on a daily basis, they know our story, and so it's just, you know, there's not right. a whole lot of, of talk about it. Um, they know kind of right. where I stand on how it should be presented to him and to people around him as far as, you know, I don't want him to think there's a dad somewhere out there that just decided not to be involved with us or that we decided not to involve with us. And so, you know, again, I want the language of donor versus dad to be very clear, but he still is pretty little to get that. I took him to get his hair cut a couple of weeks ago, and he was – hysterical the entire time he fell asleep in the car so he woke up to somebody pretty much coming at him with scissors and he was not happy <laughs> um so he was hysterical and so part of the thing that the stylist kept saying to him to try to help him calm down was oh your daddy's going to be so you're going to look so handsome you can go home and show daddy right. and daddy will be so excited about your haircut and i just i didn't say anything but i just thought you know yep there's the assumption that of course he would be going home to you know show off to daddy and um so when we got in the car that day, I did, I kind of went on this big spiel about, you know, you don't have a daddy and that's okay, you know, and you have a grandma and a grandpa who will be very excited to see your haircut and, you know, lots of and so I do, I already sort of do the, the conversation with him. He could care less. He kind of just looks at me like, Wh- whatever, mom, you know, like, let's get back to having something more fun as a conversation or let me sit back here and mope about this haircut I just had that I hated. Um, but I do try to make sure that the, the conversation already happens. Um, I don't inundate him with it because I really don't think that it is a very big part of his you know sort of thinking we're around families with dads all the time you know there's other kids whose dads come pick them up or drop them off consistently at daycare you know and just our friends they're the kids in the family there's a dad and he just never really seems to kind of even have a problem with it and I think part of that's me not having a problem with it and not ever sort of getting that sort of anxious Uncomfortable feeling about it, um but I think in his world, he's just kind of like yeah, there's daddy's you know because he hears the word all the time too, and there's he just doesn't really acknowledge that there's not one for him yet, and I know he will, and I know we'll have lots of conversations about it, but um so far, I think he just kind of is like his norm is his norm, and um you know he knows his family and you know even even seems to know that his cousins who live far away and he only sees once in a while are. Part of his family versus just the other kids he's around all the time, so you know he knows who are members of his family and he loves them and just seems really comfortable that this is his family, so um, I think that'll be something we have to take as it comes as far as how much you know and how difficult the conversations are so um right, right for and me, I okay. know there's a lot so- of clarity around that it's it's a choice and it's a very positive. happy choice that we have the family that we have. And so I don't have a lot of angst about it and I don't have a lot of discomfort about it. And I, you know, I think for me, it's, there's, there's not any guilt or regret, you know, um, that I'm going to then share as I'm sharing the story with him. And so I think in some ways, you know, hopefully that will help mitigate, but he's allowed to have every emotion he's going to have anger, disappointment, frustration, sadness, you know um, uh, he's entitled to all of that. And, you know, I will certainly allow him to have that and talk about it. So,
1: yeah, we can call that the penis pity party. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, okay, so we kind of threw a ton of information out there in yes. one bundle. And I want to take yes. a second because I just feel like we have, we have so much catch-up to do, because I've been wanting right. to have this, like, ongoing conversation with you and, like, <laughs> kind of already had it with you in my head. Right, so, right. So um, I, I want to first bring on Melissa, because I see she's on the line, and then we're going to break this down a little bit further. So hang on. Okay.
2: Great.
1: Melissa, my love, are you with us? Hi, guys.
2: How are you? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just heard a little bit uh, towards the end, so I've missed a lot, but I'm definitely ready to uh, catch up a little bit.
1: Okay. So basically, we're, we're going to take a little bit of pause and do a rewind, and then we're going to fast forward again. So, um, So basically in In your book, Stacey, I mean you really outline the whole process of your decision making process about going about this alone to have, to be a mom,
0: right. and you've done
1: a like such a brilliant job as far as like you were so extremely clear that this was a decision you were going to make, and you didn't have right. any kind of twinge or angst or really, like, second-guessing. I mean, you had that experientially, and what I like about your book is, like, you know, a single mom can read this or a regular mom who went through being pregnant can read this because right. <laughs> it's just right. so relatable and breaking down, you know, the emotional aspect, the rather hysterical aspect of feeling like a human lab, rap, <laughs> lab rat. Um <laughs> Um, but you know, what was it in you? You know, you talk about like your movable deadline, as far as like the clock was ticking, and you knew you wanted to be a mother. Like, what what was that process for you?
0: Well, you know, I think it was kind of like what we all go through, is that certainly um, as a child, as a teenager, I imagined the whole sort of fairy tale, you know, romantic movie story, that I was going to meet the man of my dreams and fall madly in love, and then we were going to, you know, get married and have a bunch of babies, and that was going to be my life. so I think that there was even though pretty early on in my life at I think age 21 was the first time I said out loud to anybody that I would just have kids on my own someday. So clearly it was there somewhere in the back of my mind all along. But you know, I think that it was just it was difficult to give up on that idea that there would be this sort of um whether it's the societal picture or sort of that just that whole package that you want. And so I kept sort of postponing it um you know, and sort of as I got closer and closer to 40, I kind of thought, okay, you know, I can't keep pushing off this deadline. I really have to get some clarity around this. And so, you know, just had to do some real soul searching, um, which in my typical style I did, I can remember so vividly that in 2007, when it started, I was so sure that by the end of 2007, I was going to have all of it done. I was going to have met the guy, I was going to have gotten married and be pregnant with the baby and, you know, be making all these fabulous changes and progress in my professional life as well. And it was just all going to happen because that was just the way it was going to be Um, and so of course that did not happen Um, and probably partly because my again I'm just the most miserable dater on the planet I hate it I don't do well with it I do well (laughs) with relationships but I can't stand dating so um, it really pretty much (laughs) fell apart by about mid-year so um, just had the clarity of you know that that piece really is not that essentially important to me what really matters is I just would be heartbroken for the rest of my life not to be a mom so um, just really got clear on that and started putting all the pieces in place to move forward with that and you know I think it was about November by the time I really maybe it was even December when I really finally said okay I'm not even going to go through the pretense of the dating side anymore I'm just going to focus 100% on the, the mom part and you know that's where I ended up so uh, but I think that's why that deadline moves for a lot of people, and why a lot of women don't do this until right. their late 30s, because there is a strong pull—not just that societal pull, but personally—to have that whole, you know, dream, that fairy tale vision that we had as kids to have it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very hard to accept that when that any piece of it isn't coming and I think there's just that clarity of well which pieces are really vitally important to your happiness for the rest of your life? And for some people it's probably right. continuing to look for the partner, but for me it was very clearly being the mom. So
1: Right. I mean that that picture
0: of the the
1: fairy tale of the you know, the princess being swept off received by right. Prince Charming right. is basically crammed down our throats and put in front of our eyes from right. day one. You know, all right. of the princess movies, that's that's yep. the story in one way or another. Right. Um, yep. So, you know, we and I, and I see even my daughter, you know, she's taken to the princesses mm-hmm. very easily. Right. <laughs> so right. She's a full-on walking, talking princess. And, yep. um, you know, getting, pulling yourself out of that mentality of how it's supposed to be and, like, that pressure. I mean, because I remember it even when I was... Um, you know, when I was in my 20s, you know, you start getting the questions from your family. Mm-hmm. Oh, not you mean anyone yet? You're going to get right. married? And then, right. but it was always about the next thing. Like, the outsider pressure always comes about, like, what's next? Right. You know, are you going to get married? Are you dating someone? So once you're dating someone, are you going to get engaged? Once you're engaged, well, when are you getting married? Once right. you're married, when right. are you going to have kids? Right. Why don't you have kids right. yet? Oh, you have one kid. Are you going to have more kids? You know, right, right. it just goes right. on and on and on. There's always, There's right. always something else that society is going to put pressure on you and when you kind of say pull yourself out of that and you don't see the pieces falling into place it's kind of like branding it up and looking in the mirror and saying okay it's just you and me and then adding in adding in the extra layer of okay now we're going to see how we can go about getting pregnant right so can we talk about you being a lab rat for a little bit and what that process Sure. <laughs> what that process meant for you as far as, like, what your options were and
0: how you went about it? Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, one of the first things I did was tell my OBGYN that I was thinking about this, and fortunately she's best friends pretty much with one of the um, doctors at – Um, one of the the main fertility clinics here in in Colorado, in Denver. Um, So she immediately was like, yeah, just go right downstairs, make your appointment, go downstairs. It was literally one floor down in the same building um, and, you know, go in. And so I went in and had a conversation with the doctors about, you know, kind of the process of, you know, all the testing that they would do, they do, a lot of tests. Um, Again, it's a fertility clinic, so they're used to dealing with people who have been struggling to get pregnant, Um, but they're also sort of looking at it as me coming in as somebody who had not had fertility problems, but, you know, was invested in getting pregnant. So they sort of, my, I I see as more preventive to make sure that everything we were going to put into this was going to be, you know, reasonably expected to have the outcome I wanted. So um, they explained all the expectations for how long it would possibly take and how many times they try and, you know, what the odds are compared to if you were just going through this naturally and and different kinds of things. And then started down the process of, um, you know, they do blood tests to make sure that you're ovulating and they um, do a test to make sure your fallopian tubes are open and they do an ultrasound to make sure you're actually producing eggs. And, um, you know, there's a whole battery of things that you go through before you even start the process of, you know, picking a donor or going in for the actual procedures. So that was happening primarily again. So the, in, you know, before
1: we even, yeah, exactly. Before you even get into picking picking a guy from a test tube, you know, right. It's, right. it's doing this whole battle. And anybody who's been pregnant, like, knows you start learning uh, things about yourself you just uh-huh. never even thought of before or that right. would be possible, like having to open fallopian tubes, you know, like what right. is that?
0: Um, right. Yeah, so you it's just assume
1: already, that your body works. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You assume right. that your body works. And you'll just pop it out in the field because right. you know, yeah, millions exactly. of women have done it for right. millions of years. Right. Um right. And and the science and what happens with our bodies, it's not that black and r- black and white. Right. So you're already going through all these emotional physiological experiences where it are outside the norm and going through it by yourself. I mean, granted. Right you know, when a husband or a partner is there, um, you know, they're kind of giving you the support and holding your hands and they kind of see and witness, but still it's a total different thing than being the mom and being the one you know, being experiment experimented, experimented right. on when it's your body. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And so for me next, I think at that phase. phase. Yeah. At the early yeah, stage I don't think it even phased me that it was me by myself. It just felt like, you know, that, that's, again, that was just the norm. You know, of course, I would go and do all this stuff. and um, So, yeah, I did. A, I took care of a lot of that stuff, you know, sort of. I think I started about a year before I actually, you know, was then ready to, do, again, go in and start being inseminated and all that kind of stuff. But so, yeah, and then I hit a huge stumbling block. Like, you know, I, clearly I was still pretty ambivalent about all of it. I was like, let's get everything, all the ducks lined up so we can, are sure we can do this. And, you know, in the meantime, I was still doing my, you know, sort of pretense of dating and all that kind of stuff, and so then it did I got to the point where I thought, okay, so now I have to really everything's clear now I just have to to take the steps and so the next step was choosing a donor, which was incredibly difficult for me because it was. Just the most surreal thing for me. I'm not the most sort of. I'm not a planner. I'm not somebody who's. I mean, I'm very deliberate <laughs> about my life. On the one hand, and on the other hand, I'm kind of like, let's just see what happens. Um, so right. picking a donor was just really. I just that I had that from the day that I went in. I had the little booklet from the day I went in to see the the clinic, and I mean, it had to be nine months that it just sat there because I would look at it and I would get totally overwhelmed and I would just put it down. And so my friends would pick okay, it up when they would a come a over. A yeah, like explain
1: what's in this booklet because okay, I'm yes, so yeah. curious. Because obviously there's there's no pictures because identity <laughs> right, no has pictures. to be anonymous. Right. So, Although, yes, what, right. so what they give you, are you going on?
0: You get, um, it's just like a little, and they're categorized, you know, by, I think there's some categorization by race and then, um, but there's not a whole lot of, it's just this really thin little booklet. There's not that many, but you get um, race, you get um, height, weight, hair color, eye color, sort of hair texture, you know, whether it's wavy or straight or any of that. You get um, ethnic origin. Um, you get, so, you know, whether they're from Brazil or from Argentina or from New Zealand, you know, that's in there, um, or their heritage is from there. You get religious affiliation. Um, you get blood type. Age. And then you get, no, you, you don't get, get age.
2: age.
0: Age isn't on there. Wow. You have, like, when you get to the next step of, like, hey, I want to see more about this particular donor, then you get age. Um, but that's not okay. on the actual initial. And then you get um, years of education post-high school and um, field of study. So that's what you get. That's what you're going on.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, and yeah, I
1: mean, you talk about, like, like you know, a lot of times when I remember, especially when I was dating, like, people would say, like, my husband, ooh, he sounds good on paper. Right. You know,
2: like, right. this is re- Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Oh, well, did we
0: lose Cynthia? I think we might have.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, i have kind of sat quietly because it's been so interesting to take oh, in. And I have to say, okay. it's interesting. I don't know if Cynthia told you that um, I was raised by a single mom. Okay. Um, up until nine, about nine years of age. Well, my stepfather came into my life around eight, but around nine. So right. I have a lot of experience being the kid at, from a single parent. I know. And, right. um, Oh, there she is. Someone migrated here. I'm here. Um,
1: did it, did, oh, okay, I, we did we I click out? In Am I
2: back in? You're back okay, in. Okay, now I'm here. Okay. Oh, okay I got Go a word on. in. We needed to cut you off a little bit so I could get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying how I was, you know, I was the single kid. I was the kid from a single-parent household yeah. growing up. And it's interesting because my mom sent me to, um, a private school that was very small, only 42 kids in my grade, so two classes,
0: 24 right. kids
2: in each grade, basically. Right. And I knew every – we because you were such a small group growing up up until eighth grade, I knew everybody's parents, what their situation is, and I knew that I was only um, – I was one of only two kids that were in yeah. a single household, and the other right. child um, – his parents were divorced, but the parents were very both involved. So he wasn't he was in a divorced home, he wasn't in a single parent home. Whereas right. I was right. truly in the single parent home. So right. and I never felt any less fortunate or confused. And again I'm a girl and I had my mom, so maybe right. it just wasn't there. But um, it's just interesting to um I never grew up with that fairy tale thinking I would get married and have children and have this perfect life because I was so happy in what was not considered a perfect right. life. It never really fazed right. me.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah like, see, I grew up, my parents were married at 22, my sister got married at 22, like everybody around me just like grew up, went to high school, went to college, got married. And then there was me. So, right. yeah, okay. it's very different for me. Right. But and that's the normal story. Right. Well, and, that's you know, and that's the thing. normal. When you're normal, you're actually abnormal right. in this world. Right? Absolutely. And I think you know, in some ways <laughs> it's probably a it a testament to the way your mom created your life, you know, for the two of you, that it wasn't ever, you know, I think some of that comes from where the the parent is coming from as a single parent. You know, if there's a lot of sadness and angst and grief and upset around it for the adult, then, you know, it sort of will filter down to the child. But if it's just presented as this is just our life and we're blessed and we're happy and, um, you know, then I think the kids will feel that and experience that as well. So that's my hope. So yeah. Well, one of the things to hear that,
2: one of the big statistics is that they find that kids that are raised in a single-parent house are a lot more independent, and Cynthia knows I'm queen independent, so I definitely <laughs> find I can relate to that statistic because right, right. just like the title of the book, it's just you and me, kid, and that's how it was. Right. It was like, right. I don't have time to sit here and like kind of, it's just different. You know, you're know. you not right. taking in right. and taking out when it comes to situations, and it was like, right. that's it. It's just you and me, and... <laughs> That's great, right. So So yeah, I was right. exposed to a lot of things early on, you know. Sure. I learned to go to the bathroom in a restaurant at an early age because yeah. whatever. <laughs> you know, right. you just learn certain things at an early right. age.
1: Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, it definitely, for Melissa, you know, builds up your strength of character and the fact that you're like, no nonsense, you can't deal with BS. And as long as I've known you, which has been since you've been 11 years old, that's how you've been. It's right. like you didn't Which have is, time for that fluff.
2: Well, it had caused trouble in my marriage early on because of my strength. It was intimidating to a man right. to be with a girl right. who was very independent. And so I actually, that was the one thing I had to work on more. Being a mom was the easy part, being a right. happily married wife was my challenge. Right. And unfortunately, right. with help, you know, we are miles past that. But my biggest thing was getting married. That was the hard thing. Being a mom was the easy yeah. part. <laughs>
0: right. I can relate. Yeah.
2: yeah. Exactly.
0: Right. So,
1: so right. Well, I mean, this was one of the reasons why I was excited to introduce the two of you because, right. um, you know, Melissa is basically a success story of being raised by a single parent.
2: Right. And,
1: um, you know, can kind of tell you the positives that, that she had from from having a single mother, I mean obviously she saw her mom you know struggle, and she learned very very early on like what the real world can be like and it can be cold and it can be cruel and um you know, as compared to some some fairy tale families that are out there who lived live rather extravagant lifestyles and probably take a ton of stuff for granted, you know namely being the one on one boss. Right. I find that as yeah. um, as families yeah. get bigger and more lavish, we kind of add in all these unnecessary elements, a lot based in the material world, that we lose that one-on-one connection.
2: And, right. Is that your baby? Well, I'm <laughs> just gonna say, no, I have to run. Is that I'm the man to... of honor? Oh, that's you? <laughs> uh, it's me. Yeah. I have to hang yeah. up because um, my little one's finishing school and I'm doing pickup today, so... We're a little right. off on schedule today. Feel free to I call to in
1: back in if you I will can. Call back but do, if I do get you can have chance. any other closing things that you wanted to say to
2: Stacey. No, I just can't wait to get the playback. So keep you guys having great dialogue and I wanna <laughs> I'm listen to the playback and I suggest anyone else who's missed some of the show to listen to the playback also. Thank you, Melissa. All right, hon. Thank you. Love you, babe. I told Cynthia I want a copy of the book so I can read it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I really think great. it would be a great read for me. All right, take yeah. care, girls. All Bye. right.
1: All right, love you babe. Okay, so let's let's go back to the on paper part because I think that's okay. that's that's, yeah. where I, that's where I cut out yes, is that's where we lost how, the, yeah. Right. How, how do you
2: flip through
1: a pamphlet and pick the donor, not even I mean it's so funny like to even hear it put in that that right. verse right. as like donor right. verse, you know, a donor dad or right. a donor verse right. dad. Um right. like how do you pick that from a piece of paper? You know, it's hard enough when you have a three-dimensional person in front of you and then, you know, it's even harder when you meet their family and see the makeup of, like, what possibly can go into being your child as far as that goes.
0: Right, and I think think it's challenging because part of it is, you know, it's funny that you're talking about, in the dating world, how much people say, oh, he looks good on paper, because it's it's in some right. ways it was the same thing. I thought, well, this is not ever going to be a real person for us. I mean, certainly, of course, that person right. is going to be a real person whose traits and characteristics are going to live in my child, but we'll never know. Like, I'll never know what came from that person, you know, for, you know, Without a doubt, because some of it could just be, I mean, my son is so much like my nephew in certain ways, and they're both little Scorpios, born a week apart, you know, and so a lot of it is there's this Ah, stuff that didn't come from me, but it's in our family for sure, because his personality is really similar in some ways to my nephew. That's pretty cool. interesting to watch. Um but you know, so it's kinda like oh, quick, quick again. side quick sidebar, Melissa
1: and I are both Scorpios. So yeah. I, I love your son already. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: He's <laughs> wonderful and fabulous and just has his own passion about lots of things. Um so Anyway, I just kind of was like, you know, it's it's not like I'm going to date this person. It's not like I'm looking to marry this person or have this person be a co-parent for my child. And so I'm like, well, based on that, how do you, how do you pick? You know, it's like one of those that it's hard enough to pick a real person that you're going to spend time with and that you're going to have be spending time with your child. So it kind of comes down to this sort of nature versus nurture, like how much of it is really going to come genetically from this person other than, you know, health things, which are vitally important to know the health history of this person and any, right. you know, I think sperm bank is going to provide that for can you because you it is family, vitally important. they give you
1: family histories as well? They do. They do, yeah.
0: That's something that they give you family history Genetic. as well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, right. so that obviously is really important, and then you know, I don't want to sound dismissive about it at all because I know how important it is. But for me, it was it was kind of this whole I can be here till I'm 88, trying to go through all of the minutia of right. you know, everything about every person. And I just you know and I, I can't sperm do that. Firm banks around the world, right? Right. right. Hitting yeah. every sperm and know, bank
1: And looking at every potential donor, right? Right,
0: and you know, and I know there's people that really invest far more time, money, and energy than I did, and I applaud them for it, and I think that's a wonderful process, and it's just not me. So I truly was coming down to, you know, like, do I pick based on the numbers? It's like picking a horse in a horse race. I was like, okay, do I like these numbers, or do I like this color? Or, you know, it just was really insane to me. And so I finally just thought, okay, what's going to give my child the best chance, you know, sort of a feeling like he's a member of my family as opposed to, because I think he's going to have enough strikes against him, obviously, with people constantly being like, where's your dad? Why don't you have a dad? What's going on with the dad? Versus, you know, him very clearly looking like he doesn't, he's not related to his mom either, you know? And so I thought, well, there's no guarantees. You know, there's no guarantees anywhere. I know children who came from two parents and looked like neither of their parents, and, you know, you just never know with genetics. It's a crazy game. But so I picked... The only donor, thank God there was only one, the only donor who was um, (laughs) Italian and Scottish, because that's what I am. So I'm like, well, there you go. Like, that's going to be of the same clan, so let's try for that. Um, (laughs) So that's how I picked him, was that he had the same, you know, ethnic background. Um, Wow. And then later, of course, I had the horrifying thought of, like, yeah, hopefully we're not, like, second cousin's eight times cousins. removed or some yeah. crazy thing like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But luckily, that didn't occur to me until way later. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Like, what a problem. I mean, definitely a little bit more intense than, like, picking a pair of shoes, but kind of like the same process, like, picking the pair, kind of. perfect pair of shoes that are going to forget right. that you're going to, like, you know, fit on you like a glove and that you can, right. you know, be with forever. So, right. I. I right. It's just, it's just that whole process to me is just amazing to even just go through that. Yeah, and then, yeah. Um, you know, the other part I wanted to just comment upon about you saying with your son, how he's kind of unaffected. I mean, yeah, he's two, two. He's right. a Scorpio, so he's always going to be like in his own emotional um, world anyway. Right. He's actually right. going to thrive that because a Scorpio is really live in the world of emotions and he'll be able to like pick up and kind of work on the emotional level when he's dealing with people you know outsiders who don't know the story Um, but I also firmly believe that you know, when a child does come to you, there is a contract that basically you made when we were right. all on the other side right. um, to come in and meet up, and, you know, you pick your parents as much as your parents pick your chi- children. Right. So, right. in his core, core being, like he knows that why he came in and he knew exactly what he was coming into right. and he knew that you were going to be his mom and he obviously agreed to it, otherwise he wouldn't right. be your son. Right.
0: Um,
1: it's just like we come in with that major imprint and then everybody else kind of tramples and <laughs> messes that up for us right. as we go right. along yeah. because right. it's not, you know, it's it's not the norm. Right. So, um, you know, I wanted to put that piece out there that I, you know, I fully believe that your son was fully aware of what he he was coming into.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yep, absolutely. So, and there's no doubt in my mind that he's, he's my son, you know, he's the son I was always supposed to have. And so it's just sort of, you know, all of the the whole, you know, why didn't this happen sooner? And, you know, there's times where I get into the whole I love being a mom so much that that's the place I sort of will not beat myself up and sort of say, man, I wish I would have started sooner. I wish I would have done this sooner. And it just, that wasn't the way my story was meant to be or his story was meant to be. You know, I wouldn't have been in the place in my life to be the mom I can be for him now had I done it 10 years ago. And he wouldn't have been the child I would have had if I had had it 10 years ago. And so all the pieces were exactly in place the way they were supposed to be for us to have the life that we have. So... Yeah,
1: exactly, and and in that further in that process is you know as far as also not having a co-parent or somebody you know forget forget just for a minute about having another body <laughs> another right. pair of hands just to do everything right. that you need to do. Um, you know managing a household and managing with the kids yeah. and you know like yeah. you talk in the book which was like hilarious about learning to pack the car and schlep all your right. crap um, for you <laughs> right. and, the, and the child where yeah you right. know if it was us going out as a family like my husband or actually me I would grab the stuff and he would grab the baby or vice right. versa right. and you had that extra right. pair of hands Right. Um, but like you know and also being the breadwinner for your, for your family now, right? You know, you, a right. lot of times that is the traditional, stereotypical role of a father is to be sure. the breadwinner winner and provide for right. the family. Okay. Now you are all of that, so um, okay. I think that's probably one of the biggest considerations and hesitancies that a lot of wannabe moms out there have as far as not feeling that they're financially secure to be right. able to do that and also obtain that role. I mean, I think if money, the, the dreaded M-word, like, wasn't an issue, mm-hmm. so many moms, you know, and so many people and, and women would would do it. Um, Absolutely. But, because,
0: yeah. But
1: it is such yeah, an issue. Yeah, and I issue think that's a,
0: and, it's a very real consideration
1: for sure. Right. Yeah. Now, would you have also because, you know, you're so lucky that your your parents are are um are are here with you and they're right. present and that you live locally, do you think you would have done it if your parents weren't such a great support?
0: I, you know, I, I think I would have, I sort of, that was part of me putting it off. You know, I think as long as I did was that we weren't living in the same place for a while. Um, I was out here in Colorado, they were back in Maryland. And so it was, you know, I definitely had a lot of hesitation about doing it, but I think that I had gotten to the point where, you know, I felt confident enough, um, in all of the other pieces, whether it was having an emotional support system through friends, or having the financial stability, or you know just the the desire, like the the belief that I could make it work, you know whatever the circumstances might be, that I think I would have gone through with the decision anyway. But again, I do think that was a big part of why I waited. <clears throat> excuse me, because. You know, they moved to Colorado in 2006, and then it was 2008 that I got pregnant. So um, I do think that was a key part. And our lives would be dramatically different were they not here. We're so lucky to have them close by. They watched my son one day a week um and they're so attached to him and so he has such a great bond with them and you know does have a very consistent father figure through my dad and um but yeah right. i do think that i would have ultimately gotten to the point of making the decision anyway um because it just had gotten to a point where i, I didn't really feel like i could um be happy without making it so luckily i didn't have to to find out what that would be. so sorry i think that's my phone yeah when it when it so at least your
1: parasol, so that so that's good. Um, okay, so there's definitely while well, we're talking about your parents, because you talk about your your mom a lot in the book in a rather yep. hilarious way, and um, and one of the things that you that you talk about, which I think is like a brilliant pearl of wisdom, is that there's a very fine line between motherhood and insanity. Uh huh. So can you, can you elaborate, please?
0: Absolutely. Um, yes, I thought my mother was just uh, completely nuts in high school. I remember thinking that on more than one occasion that she was crazy because we would get in these arguments. Um, I was really, for all intents and purposes, a good kid, but I was definitely one that was, if my curfew was midnight, I would come home at like 10 after. Or, you know, I kind of pushed in that way, but I was, you know, overall I was just a very normal you know, responsible adolescent, but she would be out of her mind, like, by the time I got home, if I came home 10 minutes late, there were times she was getting in the car, getting ready to go drive around the neighborhood, or, you know, if she heard a siren or anything, you know, of course, she would be just beside herself, and of course, this was before cell phones, so she couldn't just track me down, um, but she would just be (laughs) insane, and she never went to bed before I got home, and you know, she was just always just aware and worried um, and so I we used to argue because I used to say why don't you trust me I don't understand why you don't trust me you know it's not like I get in trouble I do a really good job I don't understand why you don't trust me and she'd say it's not that I don't trust you it's just that I worry and I literally remember saying to her I'm like that is just not humanly possible for a person to worry that much you must be crazy um, and then I had a baby and I'm like oh now I totally get it you know like <laughs> she was crazy but she was just normal you know like this is how it is I can't even say when I had the baby because as soon as I got that pregnant is. and then that daily worry of, yeah. is the baby okay? And I just totally right. get it now that there's just this different level of concern when you're a parent that you just desperately need this other human being to be okay. And you can't control it. You can't do anything about it. So it's a little crazy-making Um yeah, I definitely I definitely get it. Um, there's a story I tell in the book about I think my son was maybe a week old, maybe two weeks old, and we hadn't really ventured out of the house yet, and a friend was visiting, and we were going to go to Target. And I, you know, like Melissa, have always been a wildly independent, out there in the world, don't have any real qualms about anything kind of a person, and we almost couldn't go to Target because I was paralyzed with the fear that something was going to happen to us, you know, between my house and Target, in the car, and my poor child would just be, you know, done in, before he even got to live for two weeks. And so I said to my friend, I'm like, we can't go. And she said, why? And I said, because the world is fraught with peril. And she just looked at me, and she's like, did you really just say that? She's like, did you, of all people, just say that? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And that's how I'm feeling. I don't think I can go. And then we finally actually managed to go, and it was fine, of course. But, yeah, it's a little – it's crazy. It's definitely crazy-making. So. It's it, it it's crazy
1: it's making and baby making. Beady. Yeah. But, but it well, but but it is. it is. There is this whole other, other level. level you can say insanity, you can kind say insert concern. 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 Right. It's just yeah, like it You know, being a parent—whether you're a single parent, whether you know you're doing this with somebody else—it doesn't matter. Like, there's this level of like, you know, it's the greatest love that you'll ever know, and it's also the greatest fear you'll ever know. Right. And I think the the line that I love in the book that you say is, "It's the insanity of motherhood and the fears once so foreign to me are becoming more and more familiar." I expect the day is rapidly approaching when I will no longer remember what life was without them, and Instead of feeling disruptive, they will simply have become this a, a, become part of the fabric of my life. Yeah, yeah. If Which anyone a huge had tried to tell me, me that I would one day welcome worry, I would have laughed dismissively, and I think that's true.
0: Yeah, you know, something,
1: right. some switch, that mom switch, once it's turned on, it's just like, you just can't help it. I mean, thank God, like, when you were growing up, you'd, you know, your mom didn't know about it and they didn't have, like, the GPS tracking chips. Right. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. You know, you would have right. been,
1: like, fully
2: 24 hour
1: monitored. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And now I'm like, I don't know how anybody, the parent of any teenager, and I work with teenagers, I don't know how their parents ever let them out of the house. You know, I just am like, I don't know how you get to that point of being courageous enough to say, okay, you can go and be in the world and, you know, you have to. But I don't, it's just to me at this point, you know, I'm sure you grow into that, you know, from having a baby. Because my worry, even now that my son is two, my worry is different than it was when he was a newborn. You know, there's just something that... It progresses as your children grow up. You sort of grow with them in terms of how you, it's not that I worry less about well, it's him, like, it's just a it's different like... nature.
1: Well, it's like, yeah, it's like interesting. You know, when they're newborns, you're just worried that you're doing everything that they need because you're right. so helpless and they're fully depending on right. you and you're going through your right. own hormonal, emotional, physiological right. piece yep. on top of worrying for, right. for them. And then as they get older, you see them start to develop. They become more independent. They don't, you know, they don't, quote, need right. you as much because they can do right. things on their own that your role kind of changes into, you know, into the guide and into, quote, the parents and take right. t- educator piece, um, but it is as they go out there further into the world. You do you get scared? Like my son now is all about football.
2: Yeah, and
1: I'm just like, and he's four and a half, and he's you know a bigger guy, and like all he wants to do is tackle. And yeah, it's like you know my my dad played football, and my dad is also you know like like, like son is like my son's idol. Uh, right. So once you really grasp the fact that Grandpa Larry played, Larry football, played football or played football, that's all he's going to want to do.
2: Right. And, yeah, and, yeah, I'm going
1: to be, be like my um, my brother-in-law's, brother-in-law's mother, brother-in-law's who my brother-in-law mother, also brother-in-law played football. She, she said that she said would, be would be on the, on the sidelines, sidelines, not watching not the game, easy. like totally like, turned around. Like right.
0: around. But she would right. listen
1: if anybody mentioned it. his name and then start clapping. <laughs> right, right. You
0: know, like it's so hard
1: to see, you know, it, it's just the insanity is a is an undercurrent of motherhood that's just, right. it that's really just how, it how it is. I didn't see that coming the other at all. Thing, oh. Yeah. And the yeah, other thing, the other thing, that, thing like, that like I see is I like see is is the real real positive, positive but it's also, but it's also like, so like you basically say like in the book that one of the things was um, with deciding to be a single mom was because you really are a big fan of doing things your own way Mm -hmm. Yep, and you like your way and you don't want to have to compromise. And I see that as a really big selling point. (laughs) But at the same time, It's such a huge responsibility to know, and I say this in the blog, it's like, you know, you are all three branches of government. You are making all the decision-making. You can have all the professionals around you,
2: um
1: helping you and brainstorming with you and to bounce things off of, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's responsible for making all these decisions for your, for your child, whether it's your educational, whether it's, you know, small things like what toys to introduce, what foods to introduce. I mean, that is an awesome responsibility that should not be lightly, you know, overlooked as far as, and I think, you know, most, 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 people just kind of of will gloss over the fact that that they just want a baby, but, like, that's really, you know, the the crux of being a parent is having that awesome responsibility for your child. So, you know, how do you find the support and the strength to make those decisions for your child? I mean, granted, he's only two, but I'm sure, like, you know, guiding him. And I don't see it as strikes against him. You know, I just think it's, like, part of his unique makeup, because, you know, you said that earlier about he strikes against him about not having a daddy and blah, blah, blah. But um,
0: But, um,
1: I don't see it. It's just different.
0: Um, um, right.
1: And, you know, but how... Yeah, and I don't see it that way either, of, but I think
0: other people will.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, other, other, right, other right, back to, the, back yeah. to society. Um, right. The, <laughs> oh, them. Yeah. Oh, them. Yeah. Right, um, those people, but, yeah. But,
0: but,
1: but how do you kind of, like, weigh all that stuff out? Because just the decision-making process alone right. um, um, isn't, like, even just picking a camp a for camp my son can make me
0: mental, you know? Right, you know? right. Yeah. Well, and some of it is just, you know, again, I, I think I'm I'm a person who sort of really trusts myself and trusts my gut, and that gets me really far, um, you know. And again, I, it's not that I take it lightly because I do, you know, it, it is. It's this whole responsibility for this whole other person's development and life and all of that. And so, some of it is just having that, you know, even before going into this, just knowing that that ability to sort of trust myself to to take care of things in a positive way. But I also, I mean, my parents are still, again, like a really big sounding board for me, and they've been fabulous role models throughout my life of, you know, sort of what I aspire to be in terms of parenting in a lot of ways. And so whether I'm actively soliciting their advice or whether I'm just sort of reflecting on my life, you know, that sort of is a really great, foundation um i think i'm also really fortunate to have come into mothering later in my life because i have benefited from the experience of my sister and so many of my friends and i continue to have such a wonderful network of of moms you know just any moms who have their own sort of um challenges with that again they're they might be doing it with a partner most of them are but there's still this mom connection of you know that i think moms talk to each other a lot about you know mm-hmm. the decisions that they make for their kids and that's not again disregarding the the ultimate sort of team is that the parenting is the parent team but i think women use each other as resources constantly in in mothering and so i have a great network of moms that i rely on and and talk to um You know, and there are times, I think the times that I've been, again, the most um, wishing I had a co-parent as opposed to a partner are the times, you know, when my son was a baby and he would be really distressed in the middle of the night. He'd be not like himself. And so I would know something was wrong as far as him being sick, and I would think, well, do I call the doctor? Do I take him to the hospital? Do I just ride it out? Like, what do I do? And, you know, to me that felt like... You know potentially a life and death decision, and I would be sitting there thinking, okay well i this is what I think, but it would be so great to have somebody else you know either confirm that opinion or dispute that opinion, you know, and you know give me their input about what's the right thing to do here um so it is it's a definite it's a huge responsibility, but I think that we all get through this parenting journey using each other, who you know using our co travelers one on way or another journey. right yeah, right. so I think that's that's a lot <laughs> of what I do is you know rely on the the Support and expertise of the moms, you know, and parents around me. So, I think that's really important I to have. It, I yeah,
1: I, I just think it's it's awesome, and I I really, I really found your book to be completely empowering. And good you i mean it, it is it's it is. completely empowering the book and again not only for single single moms but also for for moms themselves um particularly independent moms um but you know really any mom out there and it, i've really enjoyed reading it i've so enjoyed meeting and talking with you and again yes absolutely um, for you being such a such a good sport without getting, like, no problem our actual show date and I would love yeah. to have you back on to continue I'd love talking you. because I feel like yeah. I feel like we even just kind of scratched the surface right. and got like some main things that, that stuck out in my mind when I was reading right. the book and like You know, the challenges that, like, you know, if I was in your shoes, like, you know, if I decided to do it myself, like, what I would face. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really wanted Um, to focus focus on on this this aspect aspect of being a single mom mom, um, um, where it was by choice Mm -hmm. because there's so many other circumstantial ways that parents become single parents. You know, some of it through tragedy, some of it through divorce, um, but but I really found found. Your story to be story. so inspiring, inspiring for so many for people, people that, that there are options are like there's options, not a dead, a dead end, end at the end at of the end, end of the road if you know if you you don't find, don't somebody, find somebody, somebody out there who there. fits right. the perfect it's picture of who you see baby. as a spouse no. and, 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 and I think and um things, particularly um, around the holiday, holiday season, season, a lot of women, especially single women or single single dads' not single dads, but single um men as well, get more down on themselves about you know not being not in a place where they like thought they would be, not having the right? fairy tale that, that they envisioned for themselves as a child. Right. And, and so I'm really so just, just so happy so and honored had that had you're had with us today, Stacy. Thank you. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're not done yet. Not we're yet. Just, we're <laughs> just closing <laughs> out the substantive <laughs> portion. I'm not done with I'm you yet. Okay. So your book, again, and I hope you have a couple more minutes just to finish up the show. Okay. So your book, again, is just you and me, kid, and your and it can be found by Amazon. Can you tell everybody if you have a website or a Facebook page or how I do. They can contact you?
0: Sure. I the book is on amazon.com, it's also on barnesandnoble.com and it's also on lulu.com, which is where I published it. My website is justyouandmekidbook.com and I am on Facebook um as justyouandmekid and I'm also on Twitter as justyouandmekid. So um feel free to reach out through any of those those avenues.
1: Right, and also just another word about you doing it yourself is that you publish the book yourself and you self-publish it, which which is a whole other feat um, onto itself. And, you know, when I get my lawyer hat back on, I want to dive into that aspect and, and road for you separately. Sure. Um, okay, so before we... Before before we sign off, I always love to close a substantive portion of the Mama's Carls Radio Show. Remind our listeners that they can listen to this rebroadcast or any of the past um, shows on the archives at blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. You can reach Melissa and I. I am at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com or Melissa at mamaspearls.com. Our blog is www.mamaspearls.com. And now I love to go into and hear what I call my Come Tell Mama section, um, which is questions more... A little, a little bit more questions and a little bit more intimate, intimate about you. So if you're game, I would love to, right. to ask you. They're kind of like my Yenta questions. Like James yeah, no, yeah, Lipton absolutely. has his questions. I have my Yenta yeah. questions. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay. So considering you are completely like five people in one uh-huh. and in your daily life, like what do you do? And how do you treat yourself? yourself. Like what is your luxury luxury indulgence? indulgence?
0: Hmm. My luxury indulgence, which does not happen as often as it should, is probably getting a massage. Um, My parents have sort of keyed into that, and I pretty much every occasion there is for a gift, that's one of the gifts that I get is the gift to go get a massage. Um, Because I think that's one of the – it's very, you know, from a body perspective, hauling around a 30-pound toddler on a regular basis um, can certainly wear you down. Um, so I definitely, and I, I carry my stress definitely in my body, my shoulders, my neck, you know, the last time I got a massage, the therapist was like, yeah, you're going to need about four more before all of that is worked out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I'm aware. <laughs> so that's my, yeah, my we're luxury put you on the intensive you know. program. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Well, that was of course, right after I had carried a car seat on my back through an airport for about two hours. So, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was an exceptional circumstance, but but that's probably what I do. I mean, again, that's not sort of a daily or weekly thing, but, you know, um, daily. I, I don't know if this is a luxury or not a luxury, but when in the evening after I put my son to bed, it's just me time. I don't then have to sort of catch up with a spouse or, you know, do other things. I get to just right. sort of do whatever I need to do. So some nights that's literally just TV time, some nights that's reading a great book, you know, some nights that's um, getting some work done, uh, you know, on other things. Um, but I I have, you know, I have me time every day um, because he goes to bed and, and I have the evening ahead of me. So and sometimes I go to bed, quite frankly, you know, I put him to bed and I'm like, okay, it's bedtime for me, it's eight o'clock. Um, but, you know, there's there's definitely a lot built in with that, that, you know, I, I don't have other people that are demanding time of me once my son's time with me during the day is done. So right. in some ways that's a luxury nice big selling point. Right. Yeah, that's a big selling point. <laughs> I know I said <laughs> at one point, you know, people say, I don't know how you do it, you know, who are married and I'm like, Well I don't know how you do it. How do you possibly have any of yourself to give to your spouse after you've spent the whole day with your kid, you know? So I don't know how you keep those two significant relationships going. I know it's possible. I know we expand to make room for everyone. Yeah, but it's, um it's, It's true, and I was talking um, last night
1: to another single mom that I know, and she was saying, like, both ways are hard, whether you're married or you're single, like, both ways are hard. There's, right. no there's no easy, easy way, way um, um, managing the relationship with your spouse and your spouse and children and your house and, you know, if you're a working a mom home like home and me and, 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 and having all those plates right. in the air and juggling all the right. time, that's, right. that's, that's, that's hard too. That's it's too. It's, yep. There's it's, no there's easy there's way. And I'm really happy to hear, though, that you get your your personal escapes to focus on you and your body. I mean, one of the statistics that I was reading about single moms, it says on average, single mothers have poorer health and 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 couple mothers, and that just makes sense sense. because... You're on you're on your twenty four hour news cycle. Like you are right you know, there's there's no rest for the weary. So of course, like any person who doesn't get sleep for five nights in a row is gonna gonna have some health right. issues. Right. So um, right. well, the fact that you're getting massages, like, yeah, keep that right. up. If anybody would like to give give Stacy a massage for, her, for the holiday season, please look up a local spa near her. Um, okay, so here's an interesting Question for you, which I always ask: Which of the following would you choose—the best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life?
0: Mm, that one's tough. I would probably pick sleep. I love sleep. I'm a big fan of sleep. Me um, too. Although I, can, you know, that's it's a tough call. Those, you know, all three of those are right up there as far as the sensory pleasures of life. So it's tough. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. Why, why, that's why it's my answer question. Yeah. Why All right. last the <laughs> so, longest. almost bang for your buck with that. <laughs> Good eight hours. You can get eight hours. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: which is your favorite movie genre?
0: Oh gosh. Um, horror,
1: action, um, sci-fi, I would period. Say, I,
0: 80s comedy. <laughs> yeah. The 80s, you know, I'm definitely an 80s girl. So John Hughes, 80s. Yeah. I can watch those time and time again. So. Sixteen
1: Candles, yeah. right.
0: Sixteen right. Candles, Ferris Bueller, you know, yeah. Pretty in Pink's not my favorite, but Breakfast Club, yeah, all of those are definitely. I still pull out the uh, 80s movies quotes on a regular basis and of course now a lot of people are like, yes. what are you talking yes. about? Um, so yeah. <laughs> like, All these what? young moms you're talking about. now. Exactly. Right. All these young moms are like, I don't know was what a you're It era. era. That's right. It was a definite that's
1: right. golden era. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when it comes to, to food, to, do you prefer, you prefer sweet or salty?
0: Oh, probably sweet. But, again, that's a that's a close call. I can, you know, it, it might depend on the day, but probably more days than others I would pick sweet. Nice. What
1: do you what consider your most your beautiful,
0: most beautiful feature? feature? Physical feature or just any feature? It's up to you. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with any feature. I think that um, my sort of compassion, for lack of a better word, my my ability to accept other people as they are right. um, and to help them become sort of – and to help them accept themselves for that as well, I would say, is my, my most beautiful feature.
1: Yeah, and you are definitely, you are definitely poised to speak on that. Yeah, you know, yeah. living living without judgment, looking at yourself right. without judgment, seeing right. yourself right. with yep. love. Right. Um, um, you know, definitely. I would think being a, being a being a being a single mom is a constant exercise in compassion for yourself, right. for your child, for your for your surroundings, and right. you have to have that. Um, right. And we didn't even—I mean, we talked a little bit about. Um, the, stereotyping the stereotyping and the strikes, strike, you know, quote strikes strike against you. But right, one of the most right. poignant right. things in the book that I that I love was when you were saying how, saying how, um, um, I think it was your doctor, doctor who, who asked, you, asked you, "Are you going to wear a wedding, a wedding ring?" Right, right. You know, that to me was like fascinating. Like, that why would you have to put on a wedding ring right. so right. people so wouldn't ask wouldn't you questions? Like, right, right, okay.
0: Yeah, and I've really no, never been afraid of the question. Yeah, so and I, I'm like, you know, this right. is my honest story, so I will tell it gladly. You know, I do right. know other it's who you, it's who you moms. are, right? Right, it's I know other moms are. who chose this, but are sort of anonymous about it, and I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get it because I don't, right. I don't think there's any shame in it. For one thing, it's it's just you know, I, yeah, I don't get it, but that's just me. Yeah. So.
1: Why? Why would you have to ask who you are? If, right. you know, No matter right. what your circumstances is,
0: but you could right.
1: be—you know—you could be married in the in the worst marriage ever. You're gonna take right. off your wedding ring? Like, no, it's who you are. Deal with it. Right. Um, right. Well, and it's funny
0: that one of the things—one of the things that's happened for me is—you know—I did sort of always have that sort of like sense of what were other people thinking of me because I was almost 40 and not married. And, you know, were they judging me or thinking, oh, you know, what's wrong with her? And now that I have my son, even that, I'm like, think what you want. Like, it doesn't matter. I have the like, a great life. I have exactly what I want. So what you think about right. the my dating status or marriage status, like, is irrelevant to me, where it used to matter to me so much more. And now I'm just like, ah, whatever, you know, I'm happy. Nobody can argue with that. So, you know, you do your thing and I'll do mine. So it's been a wonderful you know, gift I, in
1: that I, sense, I too. A, a, with, it is a wonderful gift, and that's part of the beauty of um, finding, whether it's, you whether know, it's through it's a child or something child else, that else that you're, else deeply, that you're connected deeply connected to with. and right, that it ties right. into your it core, is, fiber, is that right, all, right. The all, all the other, are quote, are pressures, pressures and... and um. um you know, you know, just categorizing you know, like all that like, just all that it melts that away because right. it's, just it's just irrelevant. It doesn't right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't factor right. in. That has right. nothing right. to do with like the beauty right. of your life. Right. You know, like right. that's why that's when right. Melissa was on before, you right. know, her main her strength, strength is, is she never gave, never gave credence to any of the BS, BS that's right. out there.
2: Right. You know, And
1: she would slap she me silly if I if I ever started going off down that.
0: Yeah. down that path right. with
1: her. She'll be like, what, right. are, you doing, what are you doing, Cynthia? Doing like, right. knock it off. It off. This That's is awesome. how it is. How it is. Right, um, and you know, like through the like beauty of uh, uh, bond with your child, yeah, everything yeah, else everything kind of fades, fades away. away right, um, and um, becomes frivolous I think that that was right. the word I was looking for frivolous, right,
0: okay. right, where have you been you hiding just think, frivolous yeah, This there's so much clarity about what really matters I mean that's I talk about that in the exactly. book, too that it's just like everything else just fades away because you just and you just think to yourself, what was I wasting all this time and energy worrying about this stuff for? It doesn't matter, so
1: yeah, right. it's really great. Exactly. exactly. And, and, again, and that's yeah, the message that I want everyone to carry, really carry into the, the holiday season, holiday season with, them. with them. Okay, two more questions. Sure. What, is, what, is, what, is, what was the, the um, best um, advice that your, advice your mom, mom
0: gave, gave to you? you? Oh, goodness. My mom has given me so many wonderful things over my life. You know, I think Pick one I don't know pearl, I would, pearl, one gem. Okay, I would, it's not advice, but I remember having a conversation one time in which she was sort of – um, telling me about me, and she was kind of talking about herself and my sister and then me, and she was pretty much like, you are the one who, when you make up your mind, you do it. She's like, you don't doubt yourself. You don't ask 18 people for their opinions and sort of try to weigh what they said against what you think. She's like, you know yourself really well, and you you act from your convictions and she's like you have the courage to do that and she's like it can be very intimidating because other people are just like you know they don't operate that way but she said you know yourself and you act from that place and she said and I really admire that about you because you know she I think doubted that piece of herself so that has stood with me you know really obviously I think that was a conversation we had when I was a teenager and I still remember it very very clearly it was really something I needed to hear and have used you know as a sort of support and foundation for my whole life so that's powerful that's, powerful. that's very mm-hmm. so, so so powerful so, powerful. so yeah. we love your mama. We love mama yeah it was great for her to reflect that to me because i needed it you know so but she's my rock she always has been so It's awesome
1: um do you have a holiday wish that you would like to put out there into the space
0: um yeah you know I think my holiday wish is just for everybody to have their heart's desire you know that sounds really cheesy but it's just kind of that whole you know what I mean that sincerely as somebody who really feels like she has it you know um, I'm more excited this year for Christmas than I've been in a really long time I mean I've been excited the last two years too but my son being two is such a wonderful age that I'm just ecstatic about it I'm kind of like reliving my own childhood through it and so that to me is a reminder of how how fulfilled I am through him and I just wish that for everybody that they would just really tune into whatever that piece is inside them and that they would really um, do what they need to do and have the universe do what it needs to do to make that happen for them so that's my that's wish.
1: Beautiful, and that—that that is definitely not cheesy coming from a fellow girl
0: who loves
1: the <laughs> <Yeah>. 80 movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, my God. See, see, thank you again so, so much. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to enter the holiday season is to remind everybody out there to truly love your children, be thankful for yourself, enjoy your time, go follow your heart's desire, follow the courage of your own convictions. You know better than anybody else what is right for you in this world and what you value and treasure deeply and everything else is Just frivolous kind of window Christmas light dressing. (laughs) Not like Christmas light dressing doesn't have doesn't have deep meaning, but you know what I mean. Right. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. Stacy, thank you again. Your book, just you and me, kid, can be found at Amazon and on Borders.com. And I'm really happy again that you are now part of the Mama's Pearls family. And I look forward to talking to
0: you again. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. much. All right, everyone, have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next week. week. Thanks, Faith.
0: Faith. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.